Hi and welcome to Working Well. I'm Suzanne McCabe from Life Switch Coaching and this podcast is about helping you to thrive in your career and your life. If you want to overcome workplace stress, build your confidence and get work-life balance back in your life, then this podcast is for you. Today in Working Well, I'm discussing conquering anxiety in interviews with Brian Sacheta. Brian is an iOS developer, blogger and author of the book, Get Out of Your Head, a toolkit for living with and overcoming anxiety. Brian, when I researched you, I listened to other podcasts that you had appeared on and what really struck me was that a lot of people could relate to some of the stories you told around anxiety. So can you start off by telling us your background and how it led you to writing a book about overcoming anxiety? Yeah, definitely. And just want to say thanks for having me, Suzanne. Would love to jump into the background. I will say, first and foremost, it's a little non-traditional. And I think that's both a good and a bad thing in the sense that, you know, because I'm not a doctor, I can't diagnose, I can't treat. And that limits what I can do. But it's also good in the sense that, like, I have a lot of experience with the things that folks are going through, right? And I think that's what helps readers, listeners connect with the message. It's like, okay, this this person can really understand what I'm going through because he or she, like, you know, thinking of me, right? If they're listening to my content, they're like, he has been through it. He understands what I'm going through. And sometimes we need some of that, right? Like we do, when it comes to approaches to anxiety or mental health or whatever, we need all sorts of different solutions, right? We may need uh, the clinical side of things. We may need to talk to a doctor or a therapist, somebody who has kind of the high level insight. They can zoom out and they can help you make sense of your problems. And then you also need a little bit of somebody who can like almost be a tough, loving, good friend, right? That can say, Hey, I've been there before. I know what you're going through. These are some of the things that I've done to help myself. Maybe that can help you. And then also in just kind of sharing stories and being able to say like, Hey, this is something I went through. It relates to the same thing you went through, whether it's, you know, I think we're going to talk a lot about like job interviews on today's podcast being able to have those exact stories is really important because, you know, you read something high level, like a book from a physician or something like that. And it's not to disparage uh, a work like that, but the, the concepts can be a little bit too high level sometimes Yeah, where mm-hmm. if you're trying to get actual applications for yourself, you're almost left a little bit in the dark because you're like, oh, well, you know, these, these ideas are high level. They're saying, don't, don't think negatively or whatever it may be. But when somebody says, this is the specific situation I went through. And then, you know, the listener, the reader can say, wow, I'm going through that same exact thing. There's a lot more overlap and parallel there. So uh, that can be helpful. Uh, I would say, you know, specifically on my background, um, went to college at Boston College in the US. I studied business and computer science. Again, non-traditional background of how I got into mental health. It was really just going through anxiety, depression, OCD, all sorts of different things on the mental health side, saying Uh to myself, like, I I think there's got to be a way through some of these issues and kind of just living my life and coming up with like, you know, going through different scenarios and saying to myself, okay, like I read this one strategy in this book and I'm going to go to this scenario where I'm something that I'm anxious about, right? If it's a job interview, I'm going to this job interview, I'm going to apply that scenario or excuse me, I'm going to apply that strategy that I learned, see what happens. And then I was just kind of, I don't know, I would almost say it was like beta testing, right? If we talk, if we kind of relate things to software, it was like, Uh I'm beta testing out all these different ideas in different situations. I'm trying to figure out which ones work, which ones don't. And over the course of 
10 years, you know, I'm, I'm testing all these different ideas. And eventually I have these insights where I say to myself, all right, I, I have enough content written down or in my head or whatever it may be around like ideas of how I overcome anxiety. And now I want to share them with the world. So that was in a, in a condensed and high level, uh, that that's the, the journey I took to publishing the first book. Wow. So, okay. So to recap then using your own experience, of going through anxiety and depression and OCD yourself and realizing that there must be a better way um, so that you could learn to cope with it and kind of refining as you went along, refining uh, what worked and what didn't and then basically putting that into a book at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously Uh want want to try to be helpful for folks like, you know, I think if you just sat down, I mean, if you just sat down and you said, these are my experiences and that's that, I think it would be helpful for some folks, but a lot of folks want to get that more. They want to say like, okay, I understand that that's what you've been through, but where's the science to help me prove or um, help back up some of the points that you're making, right? So it was almost like I came up with these ideas and then I went into the literature and I said like, what can I find out there that helps me back up some of the things that I'm talking about? Uh-huh. So I was try- I do try to bring a little bit of the, the research side of things to say like, this isn't just some random dude talking about his experiences. There is a little bit of that, I don't know, um, again, that scientific evidence uh, in the book, citing studies, citing other authors, that sort of thing. Yeah, and that plays into how different people learn as well, doesn't it, Brian? Because some people like to hear the experiences of others um, and other people might want like concrete examples, like thorough research to refer to. So you're bringing them together nicely in your book then, basically. For sure, yeah. And, and everyone's different, right? It's like, you know, some folks may read my book and be like, that approach doesn't work for me. Some folks may read a very research heavy book and say that wasn't for me. So it kind of depends on uh, the style of learning that that resonates with you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, today, Brian, um, we're focusing on job interviews. And I don't know about you, but I've had a wide variety of experiences with those. Um, I can remember once very early in my career having just a dreadful stomach pain during an interview and I was so tired as a result of it. I just couldn't think straight and I actually actually cried during that interview and of course I was totally mortified at the time Um, and on the other hand I've had interviews that have gone so well that I've had a couple of job offers within a matter of days you know, one which was left on my answer phone by the time I had driven home from the job interview. So there's there's quite a wide variety of experience there. And I think everybody's got a good interview story to tell. So I'm curious, uh, what is yours? It's a good question. I'm trying to think of different ones, right? I would say from my own perspective, I don't know if I have too many that are that interesting. They all kind of follow like the same theme of like, put a job interview on the calendar. It's however many days away. That means that let's say it's seven days, right? It's like, I then have seven days to fight off my anxiety, uh, seven days of potential jumping into my head, worrying about things, ruminating about how the interview is going to go, how I'm going to feel during it. So that's kind of my common experience. I, what I will say, and, and this is kind of a, a little bit different of an answer than maybe you might be looking for. But uh, so, I, you know, I've also done a lot of interviewing. And one of the interviews that I found really interesting, and, and again, I, I, 
everybody approaches things differently. Everybody resonates with uh, things different, uh, excuse me, things resonate with different folks differently. Right. But one thing that I loved was I interviewed this one woman and she was having a little bit of a hard time. And very early on, she just stopped and she was like, I am so like, I'm so nervous. This is so awkward. I'm so sorry. And I just kind of was like taken aback. I was like, wow, this person just gained like several points in my book. Right. It was uh, and, and in my book, that's the uh, the figurative, like my, I, my grading, I, yeah, marks, yeah, right? not, yeah. the, not the actual <laughs> written book. Um, but so I, I just loved the candor, right? It was like, okay, let's put this on the table. And I don't know if she was doing it methodically or if she just had to get it out there or whatever, but I loved that candor. And I do think that, right, if I'm sure there are going to be folks like that you may interview with certain folks who just don't get it, who don't understand, who aren't, aren't empathetic, who don't understand that like folks could be nervous during an interview. But sure. for me, that was just like, wow, like this person put it all out on the table intentionally or not. It, it just really is something that stuck with me. And to me, it was it almost created this like human connection where I was I was so willing to be like, it is totally OK. Like, you know, if you need to step outside, take a breath, whatever it is. That is totally fine oh, by me. You're, you're not going to yeah. lose any points here or whatever. And, um, you know, there obviously in an interview process, there's a lot of things going on, right? It, there's several rounds of interviews and, and, and obviously the, the connection you create with someone isn't the only criteria that you judge someone on. Um, that person didn't end up getting a job offer, but that was for a different reason. Uh, the, the human connection there, the ability for her to say like, Hey, I'm really, I'm really anxious and I don't know what to do about it. I love that. That actually in my mind, that that boosted her ranking. Yeah, yeah, and and it was very brave of her actually to come forward and uh, to say that in an interview to someone because you really don't know how it's going to be received at the other end, you know. Absolutely. Um, well, Brian, you've developed uh, your your framework called the Ten Steps for Getting Out of Your Head, which is the basis for your book and can be applied to different situations. And we're obviously focusing on interviews today and we're going to apply your framework to that. So can we talk through some of your steps, please? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we could definitely jump into, I'm trying to figure out what would be most helpful, right? Uh, There's 10 different steps. We can jump into the high level, like what are they? What, what does the framework mean? What does it help us do? We could also jump into, you know, a couple of them specifically apply them to a jobs a job interview or a, a scenario that's similar. What do you what do you think makes the most sense? Well, I there was a few that jumped out at me. If if you don't mind me picking up on them, um, so I was looking at discover the true importance of what's making you anxious. So could you tell me a bit about that one? Yeah. So. You know, it's funny because I asked the question, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I will. Maybe I do need to give a little bit of a high level overview, but I'll do that. And then I'll jump into uh, this step, right? So that, yeah. these 10 steps, they make up the first half of my book. The, the book itself is basically part one is, okay, I am already in an anxious situation or I am experience about, experiencing a bout of anxiety. How do I back myself out of that? How, how do I mitigate the amount of fear that I'm feeling right now? The second half of the book is a little bit more of like high level life practices. What can I do to make myself a little bit less of an anxious person overall? Or how do I 
allow myself to not fall into those anxious situations so often. So these 10 steps to getting out of your head, basically just a framework, like it's almost like a checklist or, you know, just something that you can put up on the wall or like carry in your pocket with you. There are 10 different ideas that you can use when you're feeling very fearful to help you mitigate some of those negative emotions. So if we jump right into it, uh, number two, right? So this is step two, determine the true importance of what's making you anxious. What I was getting at with this step is the fact that when it comes to anxiety, we can get so far in our heads that we detach from the original thing that we were that we became fearful of, right? So if it's a job interview, we may ruminate for and ruminate for those who aren't familiar is kind of just like turning over an idea, usually in a negative fashion, like again and again in our minds, right? So if it's a job interview, we're continually putting ourselves in the situation. We're thinking to ourselves, what happens if I mess up? What happens if I can't think of the answer? What happens yeah. if I feel awful or I have a panic attack? in the actual interview room or whatever it may be, right? So when it comes to feeling anxious, having bouts of anxiety, what can happen sometimes is, you know, we ruminate for so long that we we create these feelings in our minds, our bodies that are much worse than what we started with, right? So in, in terms of like, okay, we booked an in, in interview. We may be a little bit nervous just at the thought of that, but you know, an hour later, after we've really jumped into the rabbit hole of our minds, we can feel so much worse, almost to the point where we like. We, I, and I, I have to be a little bit careful when I say this, just because I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, being critical or being dismissive. But like, we can almost blow things out of proportion, right? In the sense that sure. it, this is a job interview. This isn't necessarily like. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's not life or death, right? And it, sure. it could be very, very important to us. I don't want to diminish that fact, but we still have to remember, like, at the end of the day, uh, we're probably not going into this interview room uh, again, like, in a, and it's not like we're not really at risk of of dying in the situation. It may be very exactly. important to us. We may feel, you know, as though it's a make or break interview, but at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, it's it's not necessarily the same thing as going out into the woods and facing a lion, right? Yeah. So with, with this step here, just saying, determine the true importance of what's making you anxious. It's basically saying like, it's, it's understanding that we can, we can blow things out of proportion. We can, our fears can extrapolate so far outside of what it is that like, uh, uh, the actual thing that they relate to or pertain to that we forget that what we're actually going to do isn't necessarily as bad or as scary or as life-threatening as we're making it out to be. And so it's just being able to say to ourselves like, hey, I'm going to take a breath here. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to say to myself, even though what's going on in my body right now feels as though I'm going to this interview and I'm going to die during it, that might not actually be the case, right? I'm. It's, exactly. it's an important interview yeah. to me. Uh, I really want this job, but I know that if I don't get it, I'm going to be okay, right? Uh, the the fundamental premise here is the idea that when we get really, really anxious, whatever it is that we're anxious about can almost become or feel like it's the only important thing in our lives. And this step is basically just telling us to get uh, step back and get perspective and say, hey, again, I know it's really important to you, but there are other other important areas of your lot uh, of your life, things that you know are important to you. And let's just you know take a break here, pause. And just get perspective on that. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I think as well that you can't always see it at the time because you're in that state of anxiety, but there may well be other opportunities that present themselves or that you create 
um, if the interview didn't go well, for example, you know, so there might be another job out there that's actually more suitable for you. Or, or, or maybe you decide that actually you want to take a completely different career path. It doesn't matter, but you can't always see that at the time. But it's helpful to try and remind yourself if, if you become aware of it, to remind yourself that, you know, something will work out. This this may not be it, um, but, you know, you go into it, you give it your best shot and how it works out is, is how it goes, you know. So, yeah. And I, I guess one one last point to add there kind kind of unrelated but you know just to kind of capstone it if, if you will every I, i'm sure everyone listening is familiar with steve jobs he he's like kind of credited uh for or noted for saying you can't connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking backward and mm-hmm. so when you're going into an important situation it's very hard for you to say like you know just what you were mentioning right uh, I really want this job. I can't see how not getting it could lead me to something else. But once we're on the other side of that, let's say we fast forward five years, we're in a totally different job, totally different city situation, whatever it may be, we can then look back and say to ourselves, wow, all those things worked out to my advantage, even though they weren't what I thought I wanted in the moment. Exactly. And it's another funny thing. Like I talked to my brother a lot about these different ideas and and he always says, you know, we, we relate things to different personal um, matters in our lives. Right. And he says, one thing I always come back to is like in high school, it was like, I wanted to date that one girl so much. And I couldn't believe that it didn't work out. And I said to myself, like, wow, this is such a, I don't know, a, a difficult thing in my life, or I'm so disappointed by it or whatever. Uh-huh. And, you know, he, he's married and he has two children now. And he, he says to himself, like in, in the same vein, right. Uh, connecting the dots, looking backward, he's like, I'm so glad that didn't work out because if it did, I wouldn't have my wife. I haven't, wouldn't have my two kids. I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't like my life. Right. And so it's just interesting to have that, that mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I notice, uh, Brian, your third step is evaluate the potential outcomes and reconnect to the one you want. And when I saw this, I thought about visualizing the outcome I want. Um, So, for example, I might visualize an email coming through confirming that I'd got a job and then kind of tune in to how I would feel to get that email. Um, What does that step mean to you? Yeah, I think you're on the right track there. There are some nuances that I want to be careful of. Uh And uh, that's a common theme is just kind of like treading lightly or whatever. Right. So it was funny because on my blog this week, I actually wrote a post that uh, the title of it was why anxiety and visualization don't mix. And one of the things that's difficult about anxiety and visualization is once we're already wrapped up in fear around whatever it is that we want, it's very hard to think about our desired outcome from a situation. So if that's like, you know, the the specific job offer that we want, it's very hard to think about that, to see it, to picture it in, in our minds without expanding our fears and our anxiety surrounding it. So we do have to be a little bit careful. Um, this specific step is kind of on the other side of that sort of thinking. So what I'm getting at with this step is basically the idea that when it comes to, uh, let's, uh, again, let's try, I, I'm going to try to keep the theme going in terms of like a job interview, right? If we are really worried about an upcoming interview, sometimes what can happen in our minds is we can feel as though like we create, you know, we're, we're ruminating, we're overthinking, we're, we have these negative thoughts, we're going through all kinds of cycles in our minds. The fear can build so much that we begin to associate the, the interview with only negative outcomes. And so now we're fighting off um, 
having a panic attack in the interview room, um, you know, forgetting to set our alarm and like missing the interview entirely, like all these different negative outcomes, right? And so when fear builds and builds and builds, all those different ideas penetrate our mind. And if you go far enough into the anxiety rabbit hole, you can almost get to the point where you forget the fact that you could actually get the job offer that you want on the other side of this interview, right? It's like we begin to see the interview as only a representation of things that we don't want. And so for this step, um, again, being careful here, it's basically just reminding ourselves to say, in spite of all of our fears, in spite of everything that's going on inside our minds and how we're feeling, you, you know, by that, I mean negative, right? Uh-huh. We need to take a step back and say to ourselves, I feel all these negative emotions, but I have to remember that I'm actually going to this interview because I want something good to come out of it, right? And so it's almost like we need to reconnect to the idea that we're going there for a reason. We want that job interview, uh, excuse me, we want that job offer. We want to be yeah. working that job next month, next week, whatever it is. Um, just being able to say to ourselves like, hey, my fears are doing all the talking right now. I need to silence them a little bit and remember that I'm going here for a purpose. I, I think that's an important distinction to make. And actually, I suppose, um, you know, reminding yourself that somebody has taken the time to uh, follow up with you and invite you for an interview. Somebody thought you were good enough to get to interview in the first place. You know, so again, that's kind of reconnecting with the outcome that you want, you know, to to think that this organization actually want to get you in for this job. Yeah. Yeah. So I also liked uh, step six, Brian, you said uh, stop questioning yourself. And I thought, imagine how much success that we could all achieve if we stopped questioning ourselves. But how do we do this in practice so that we can achieve a confident interview? Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. I, I think a lot of the steps, you know, looking back on it, I wrote the book three, uh, three or four years ago. And there's all it's like knowing what I know now, being the person that I am now versus four years ago. I do see some of the nuances with some of these steps and it makes it a little bit difficult to talk about some of them because it's, there's always kind of that like, Oh, but what about this? Or what about that? Right. <laughs> and so when it comes to this step, like stop questioning yourself. I mean, the, the basic premise is like, if we didn't, let me step back for a second. When, when it comes to anxiety, the whole, the, the entire experience that we have, I mean, you know, obviously our bodies. Um, they are creating physical sensations even without our minds, right? So if we, just to give an example, uh, going back to the idea of like being in the woods and facing a lion, right? If a lion came onto our path, even if we weren't actually having any thoughts about what's what's happening to us, our bodies are, you know, they, they've evolved in a way that like they want to get us out of dangerous situations as quickly as possible. So what sure. that means is like, our hearts will start racing without us even having to think about it. We'll have all sorts of stress hormones coursing through our blood without us having to think about it. Um, but when it comes to the mental side of things, right, what, what's going on in our minds, if when, it, you know, let's put the, the lion idea aside for a minute, if we're, if we're talking about a job interview, right. And this is way easier said than done, but let's say we put a job interview on our calendars. We book one, whatever, however we want to phrase that. If all we did was distract ourselves from that interview or the thought uh, of it or our fears about it in the week or time leading up to the interview, it would be really hard for us to experience any like true anxiety over it. And so, you know, the basic premise here is like, if you don't jump into your head, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is much harder to experience anxiety. You may feel something like, you know, a stomach pain or butterflies or whatever it may be, but at the very least, 
if you don't think about those things, if you don't worry about them, if you don't spin ideas over in your mind, um, there, those, those symptoms probably aren't going to pro proliferate in the same fashion that they would if you, you know, spent hours a day ruminating. Yeah. And yeah. so when it, when it comes to this, uh, this step, it's basically like taking the idea that if we, uh, you know, if we don't actually question ourselves, if we don't actually question the outcome of the situation, what all we would really do is we would show up to the interview. It would go however it goes and we get on with our lives. Now, obviously it's not that simple, right? These uh, mm -hmm. going to a job interview is important to us. If it's, if it's a position that we really want, again, it's, it's something uh, that for lack of a, a better or different term, it's important to us. And the reason that we question ourselves or we question the interview or the outcome is because we don't know what's going to happen. Right. And so the uncertainty yeah. surrounding it drives the questioning. And so, you know, that's why I need to be a little bit careful with this answer. And that's why I'm giving a lot of background is because it's not as simple as just saying, you know, don't question yourself and it's going to be fine. Don't question how it's going to go and it's going to be fine. The reason that we question is because there's so much uncertainty surrounding it. And because it's important to us, we want uh, to get a, a job offer on the other side of the interview. So I think when, it, you know, when we, when we get into the finer details of this step, when we say, stop questioning yourself, it's basically saying, you know, we, we go to this place of questioning, of thinking, of overthinking, of rumination, because we want to find certainty in a place where it can't necessarily be found. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's like, we want to know how the interview is going to go before it actually happens. And that's kind of impossible. Right. So yeah. uh, our thinking is like, if I can just continually think through my fear, if I can see myself in the situation, going back to the idea of visualization, right? If I can picture myself doing well in the interview, if I can see myself, uh, you know, if I can ask myself, how is it going to go? And I can respond mentally, like, it's going to go great. Like, then everything's going to be fine. I'm going to experience no anxiety. And I'm going to go and get that job offer. Um, unfortunately, what we find when we jump into our heads, when we engage in those sorts of practices is that that kind of thinking rarely, rarely works. And so the idea that I'm getting across with this sixth step is to basically just say, hey, let me save you some of the time and some of the anguish and let you know that the more that you do that rumination, the more you do that questioning, the less certain you actually become of how the interview is going to go. Course, and so yeah. when you can prevent yourself from going to those dark places, it's it's counterintuitive because you're like, well, I, I want to know how this interview is going to go. So by virtue of that, I should question or I should, you know, think about how it's going to go. And then I'll have my my answer when it comes to anxiety. That process doesn't really work. And so uh, summing up this step, it's basically saying that the most important thing for us to do is to realize that that process, again, is not going to work. And the best thing that we can do is continually distract ourselves in empowering fashions uh, leading up to that interview. So whether that means like, you know, throwing our head into the books and saying, you know, rather than worry about this interview, if it's a specific trade or something like that, I'm going to read a bunch of articles on some of the things that they may ask me. I'm going to read a bunch of books. I'm going to prepare myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or if, you know, on, on a totally different level, it's like, I know that sitting in, uh, you know, sitting at, on my couch and continuing to think about how it's going to go is not going to really help me perform any better nor feel any better leading up to it. So I'm going to go for a walk every, you know, an hour long walk every day, just to clear my mind, to get myself distracted from some of my repetitive thinking around the situation. Uh, all of the ideas with this step are basically like, do your best not to think about the interview, even though that is a really counterintuitive stance to have. Right. Yeah what I took from what you said is it's almost or my take on it is it's almost like finding 
a peace and acceptance that you know that you don't know how it's going to go, you know, and kind of being okay with that. Absolutely. Actually, the the research thing is something that I do a lot of before a job interview, and I've never really thought about it in terms of actually helping to calm me. But yeah, I I guess it actually does, um, because when you feel more prepared, then um, you're not focusing so much on the anxiety of the interview itself. You're kind of focusing on uh, the facts that you might want to tell them about and, and kind of show to them that you know and understand um, and kind of going over what you bring to the job as well. So kind of focusing on the, the, the topics that are likely to come up at the interview and therefore giving yourself a little bit of confidence and therefore less spending less time in your own head um and and talking of sort of ruminating and so on um i noticed one of your steps is to get back to the present moment so that connects really nicely with what we were just talking about and i'm guessing that's about kind of grounding yourself and not letting your mind run riot but that is tricky when you're waiting for the interview to happen or waiting for an answer from an organisation that you've interviewed with. Um, and, and I also noticed step nine, um, remind yourself uh, the worst part of the anxiety is the waiting. And of course, anxiety is just fear of the future. Um, so how do you cope with that waiting stage, do you think? Yeah, you know, it is tough. And you touch upon a lot of good points. I think for, uh, if I back up for a second, it's like, when we look at all the steps, and obviously we, we don't have time to cover them all here, but even in covering five of them or whatever the number is, we see that a lot of them bleed together, right? So it's like we said we we said all these different things about step six, and then it's and then we also said you know get back to the present moment has a lot of things in common with that previous step, um, as well. I guess that's kind of the end of the sentence there. It's that those two things have a lot of things in common, right? So these. These different steps do have a lot of overlap, a lot of parallel. Um, if we're moving on to step nine and saying the worst part of, you know, remember that the worst part of anxiety is the waiting. Um, this is one of the tough ones. Like, you know, it's, this is also part of like, if you look at my website, if you look at my brand, like the whole, like my, I don't know, slogan on the website is like a, a no BS approach to mental health. And so that, you know, unfortunately, that means I'm going to give it to you straight, even when it's not easy to hear, even when it's difficult, right? And so when I say, like, remind yourself the worst part of anxiety is the waiting, like, maybe the nice thing that maybe what folks would want to hear more often is like, hey, we have the perfect solution to anxiety. This is going to be a, a, a walk in the park or whatever it is. I, I, I can't I can't say that because anxiety is difficult, right? Yeah. And going going into what you said in terms of like, knowing that the time leading up to the interview is the hardest part. Like I just have to, I have to cut it. You know, I have to be straight with listeners, with readers and say, like, if we really want to know what we're dealing with here, I have to be honest with you. I have to say, this is one of the hardest parts. I have to say that, sure. you know, allowing, like, just let's, if, if we have a job interview in a week, I, I, again, it's just kind of this, this notion of like, I can't, sit here and say to you, it's, it's, it's going to be easy or whatever. I have to say like, this is the, this is the hardest part. Um, you know, if, if I'm, if I step back for a second, it's kind of like, if you only have five minutes before something that's going to cause you anxiety, uh, is set to occur, the anxiety can only get so bad, 
because that's only, you know, 300 seconds that you can jump into your head. Uh When you have a week, when you have a month, things can get a lot worse because that's a long, long time that you can jump all the way into your head. Think about different ideas, turn them over again, like, you know, jumping back to uh, step two, determine the true importance of what's making you anxious. You can blow things out of proportion, right? Because it's like, we don't have that evidence of like, I'm in the interview room and I understand what it's actually like rather than like what my head is like. Um, so it is difficult. And I think going back to some of the strategies that we talked about a minute ago, it's like, even though it kind of makes no sense, it's kind of counterintuitive and it's definitely difficult. Distracting ourselves from our minds is a really important thing to do. Um, and then sometimes it's one of the only things we can do, right? So it's like, you know, if I have something coming up that's important to me, that's uncertain to me, I know that it is difficult to get through that kind of lead time period, right? But what sure. I do is I make sure to put an effort on or a focus on like working out that day or, or that week, right? I will go for several long walks to clear my head. I'll do some sort of intense physical activity to, again, try to, you know, pull myself out of my mind and get myself back into my body. Um, so that one, I mean, it is a little bit tough. Again, I don't know if I have an, an amazing solution here. It's kind of more an admission of like, hey, if you really want to think about anxiety, job interviews, what's difficult, what's going to be the sticking points. This is one of them. Um, and I think the best thing that we can do is number one, you know, going back to step eight, saying, get, get back into the present moment, engage in all those sorts of different distracting activities that might help you feel better. And then number two, I think in some ways, uh, when, when we're talking about step nine, when we say, remind, remind yourself, the worst part of anxiety is the waiting being able to admit that to ourselves allows us in some ways to accept it a little bit more. And then, you know, going back to what you said, it's like, once you have that acceptance, you stop fighting it so much and it doesn't feel as bad. Sure. Um, that, yeah. That's kind of the, the core takeaway with this one. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking there, Brian, you know, if, if I had a, a job interview coming up and you gave me a choice of being kind of partly prepared and the interview was tomorrow, versus the chance to be fully prepared and next week I would take the chance on doing it tomorrow <laughs> because then you wouldn't need to to wait you know um because, uh, because uh, just uh, as we've spoken you know I think just the the waiting is the hardest part but I think some of the the ways that I would distract myself or have distracted myself at times where I'm about to do something which is potentially going to cause me anxiety um, is I'll have like some songs that I'll play. So like I've got a feel good playlist, so I might put something like that on um, or I might have like there's a set of some songs that really kind of give me a boost and kind of almost make me feel confidence in myself. So something like that might be a good distraction as well just to kind of get out your head for a wee while and take you away from your ruminating thoughts Um, oh absolutely yeah I, I love that strategy I think it's a great one and I think you know connecting it back to some of these steps right is like the reason why we like those songs so much is they they pull us into them right like whatever the whether it's a riff or a chorus or something like that we connect with it and then our focus goes into the notes uh, the tone, whatever it is, mm. and it allows us to, again, pull ourselves out of our minds. And uh, also connecting to the idea of when you said, like, if I had a choice between, you know, an interview next week or an interview tomorrow, or whatever it is, I would choose 
the one that comes up quicker. I mean, I think I would too, right? It's, it's funny. Uh, I think when you go through anxiety a lot, you realize that that lead time is, again, it's, it's kind of the worst part. If you can, you know, I, I've told this story on a different, uh, different podcast before, but I was, when I was leaving one of my old jobs, I was talking to, uh, you know, somebody in HR and she was saying, she was asking me what, you know, what I was planning on doing after I left the company. And I was like, I'm going to take a little bit of time off. I'm going to go skydiving. And she told me this story around, she was like, you know, it's a funny, funny thing that you say skydiving because I have been skydiving before. And I am so horrified of it that the only reason why it happened was because my friends kidnapped me and brought me to the skydiving place. I didn't know anything about it, which meant I didn't have any time to actually worry about it. I just had to say right then and there, am I doing this or am I not? And I thought that it was just like, you know, in the flesh, that was like a great story of, I mean, she could have said no, but she, what she was trying to get at was like, she was like, if we made this reservation a month in advance, there was not a, you know, not a snowball's chance in hell that. I would have actually done this, but because uh-huh. I was presented with it right then and there, I didn't have time to get in my head. I just did it. Um, and you know, it's funny. It's like, uh, that, what I just said there, it's like, you, you start to learn like, you know, the, the Nike slogan, just do it. Like it's, it's so applicable, uh, when it comes to anxiety, right? It's like, if you don't think about it, it, it does become easier. Uh, not to say that it's that any of this is easy, uh, but, but it's definitely a, a wisdom filled, uh, t- tagline. Oh yeah! Oh, I love that story. Yeah, I, I uh, about a year ago, um, we did a treetop walk in Loch Lomond, um, and my daughters were doing it, and I, I kind of wanted to always to do something like that just to get over my fear of heights, but I was absolutely terrified, like proper shaking. And particularly when I had to to jump off and do the zipline, because at least when I was doing the other obstacles, I had something to grab. So it gave me a little bit of security. And yeah, I just came to that realisation as well. You're here. You've got to get to the other side. You can't get back down. Just go. Just do it. Go on with it, you know. (laughs) Yeah, those, uh, those, those sorts of things are, they're both fun and horrifying at the same time. And when you come out on the other side of them, you definitely have some great stories and memories from them. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so Brian, I'm wondering of all the steps that you've written for your framework, what's your personal favorite and why? That's a great question. I mean, obviously having written the entire framework myself, it's like, I enjoy all of them. Uh, if I had to pick a specific one, I do think that the first one. So step one is breathe. Uh, I like that one a lot, just in the sense that like, it's so easy to fall into our minds subconsciously and not even realize that we've gotten into that dark place, right? There is a lot of science behind, you know, stepping back, saying to ourselves, okay, I'm going to take some deep breaths um, and I'm going to calm myself. There is actually like, you know, when it comes to the body, there are different parts of our nervous systems that are activated when we do methodical, slow, deep breathing. And so, you know, it's funny because when we are anxious, sometimes, whether it's a parent or a sibling or something like throughout the course of our lives, folks have said to us like, Hey, you just got to breathe. You just got to breathe. Right. And when somebody says something like that, and you know, they're obviously trying to be helpful and I'm trying to be helpful when I say similar things or I write similar things, but Uh we just don't have the scientific backing or understanding of, of why we need to breathe. Right. And so when we, when we actually discover what that science is, we realize that when we take a long, deep breath out, which is only really possible when we take a long, deep breath in, 
we are able to calm our bodies down because we're activating our parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous systems, which is uh, the opposite of the fight or flight system. So I I like that one. And it's also the reason why I like it is because one, it's really effective. And two, it's like, it's always available. It's always at our disposal. No matter what we're doing, we can always breathe. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So Brian, listen, thank you very much for taking us through your steps as they pertain to interviews. Um, I think this will not only help people conquer their fear around interviews, but also help build confidence to go for roles that they wouldn't otherwise have considered. Um, So tell me, where can we find out more about you? Yeah, so my website is getoutofyourhead.com. It's all one word, no spaces, no dashes, anything like that. And then on Instagram, where I'm fairly active, the account is get out of your head books. Again, all one word, no spaces, no hyphens or anything like that. Um, I encourage folks to send me a message on Instagram if you you know have a, a story that you want to share or or a victory that you want to share or anything like that. And I also always mention to folks like you know going through different mental health challenges is is difficult. And I just want to let everybody know that's listening that, you know, you're not alone. There are other folks who are going through what you're going through. Uh, And sometimes when you, you know, you share those stories, you have conversations, um, you can realize that a little bit more and you can take solace in the fact that like you have people that are fighting this battle with you um, and maybe not feeling so alone allows you, um, I don't know, a little bit of relief, hope, whatever it may be. That was a lovely ending. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Great conversation. And thanks for having me, Suzanne. My pleasure, Brian. Thanks very much and all the best to you. You too. If you'd like to know more about what I do here at Life Switch Coaching, then you can go to my website at www.lifeswitchcoaching.com or you can email me at suzanne at lifeswitchcoaching.com That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E at lifeswitchcoaching.com Thanks very much for listening and take care.